I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast, where we will be previewing the, uh, the visit of Southampton to the Stadium of Light at the weekend. We'll also be talking about the transfer window, which um, which closes whenever you listen to this. It'll close in less than twenty four hours. Um, closes on Friday evening. Um, I'm Richard Easterbrook. There's no Matt today. Um, deal with it. I'm joined by Eleanor McCabe, uh, Jimmy Ray, and John Lambert. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello. How are we doing? Really good. Really good, really pleasing. Just about to do this podcast when we see pictures of um of Ross Stewart, allegedly. Um we've got to couch <laughs> that in the whole allegedly thing. Uh in Newcastle Airport, um, complete with a, a, a Costa coffee. Um, it's really nice but... for them to put it out just before we're about to record. Just give us a bit of content, something really nice to um end all our days with. Yeah, yeah. And uh the 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 story is he's, he's waiting for a flight to Southampton, which is leaving about 10 minutes ago, so he'll already be there because it's about a 10-minute flight. Um, Might be delayed, though, with all the issues that are going on uh, with the airports at the moment. You never yeah. know. I thought it was Hang just on one of those... 15 more minutes. To be honest, when I saw the picture, I thought it was just one of those, um, like, someone, like, a family delayed in uh, departures pictures, but apparently <laughs> not. So we'll be covering that off in, in the next uh, 40 minutes or so. But um, but yeah, it's transfer deadline day. We're we're into that last twenty four hours now. Um, are we expecting any movement? We'll start off with with you, Eleanor. Um, what business would you like to see in the next twenty four hours for Sunderland? I mean, am I gonna risk it all and just make the really obvious point? I'd like us to bring in a striker. I think that that's kind of the the key one, isn't it? We we need we need something up front. Like even Mowbray was saying it in his press conference that he did today he was saying about how um I think he, he, he literally said well if we can get a striker we'd be a pretty good team and I think that 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 seems something really basic for us all to say but yet again we're getting to the end of another transfer window because we, we are looking like this is the second one where we've all been begging them to bring in a striker and just n- nothing's happened and we keep saying it because it feels obvious but is it is it that obvious? Because we all seem mm. to be shouting for it, even since like last September when Stuart first got injured and we're here a year on, we still don't have someone to replace him. We still don't really have a replacement for Ellis Sims. And you could argue, I mean, it's taken it quite far back. I think I saw someone say it on Twitter earlier this week. Have we actually ever had a replacement in for Charlie White? Like, have we ever really, really managed to have a 
full set of strikers, I guess is what you'd say. You had Sims on loan, Stuart, but then injuries, and it's just it's quite sad, really, isn't it? It's yeah, not great. Yeah. It was um, somebody in the group chat earlier said it's 244 days since Ellis Sims was recalled by Everton. So that's how long we've had to deal with. I know, I know we've got him here in as, as a quote unquote striker, um, but yeah. his, his impact is yet to be well felt. Injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so John, coming to you, what, what would you expect or want to see from, from this transfer deadline day? Well, they're two completely different things, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. What I want to see is a younger version of Corey Evans come in um, as a priority. What I want to see is uh, a renewed and better contract for Ross Stewart. That's not going to happen. And another striker that is ready, literally ready to go um, and play with champ- minimum championship level experience, proven mm. goal scorer. Um, Obviously, it's been a long time since Sims left. But again, Sims' loan status is always on a knife edge because he, he they could have recalled him, and they did. So they, we're always kind of on, on the edge with that one. Um, we're only ever an injury away from not being able to play the way we want to play. Um, and personally, um, I think all that kind of pony about, you know, we don't play with a traditional number nine, well... Why is he brought in Emir then as potentially to be that number nine when he is a number nine? He's been given a number nine shirt. Um, probably not for today, but for maybe next season, the season after, to be ready to be firing on all cylinders. And so I think they've accidentally acknowledged that they do play with a number nine. I think you have to in this division. You have to have a goal scorer. You have to have a target man. You have to have someone that's going to work the back four, especially when you've got arguably the two best wingers in the league or certainly ones that are right up there. Um, who we're both linked with moves away today as well, albeit I think there's a fair bit of lazy journalism in some of that. So, yeah, um, what do I expect? Well, if Stuart is going tonight, then... There has to be deals in place. There has to be something in place because you cannot let your striker who you've rehabilitated for the last what nine months, who's on the brink of a return, he's due to play some bounce games next week, um, go and then just not have anyone because that's just sabotage to yourself. And mm. um, the issue I have is I don't really know who is out there within our budget <laughs> that other sides can't beat us to at the moment because we are fighting with sides that have, you know, a wrath of wealth, particularly since the likes of Norwich and Watford didn't capitalise last year. So you've still got two parachute teams in there on top of the three fresh ones that have just come down. The £150 million worth of player sales that Southampton have made means they can outflex pretty much anyone in the division. Um, Leicester have sold their big guns and again they've got parachute money and player sales. So I, I, unless they unearth something that we've never heard of that happens to be some sort of hidden gem, I'm, I really don't know and it's really worrying. It's really unsettling. 
And mm. I don't know what <laughs> Saturday lunchtime is going to look like, whether there's children paraded on the pitch or there's a new signing, because I think to pin all our hopes on this Croatian striker is a little bit unfair. I think there's, there's a high chance that uh, Ross Stewart will be in the Stadium of Light on a, a, sun, a Saturday lunchtime, but <laughs> what tracks it'll be wearing is, is anyone's guess. Uh, Jimmy, what yeah. would you like to see from the last 24 hours of, of the transfer window? Yeah, we started, well, we started so promisingly for promisingly for Sunderland. We did all our business in June and July, yeah. but then well, it, we did. It's yeah. yeah, it has. I mean, I think the the issue with with what we are, where I some what the others have said is we just haven't got a lot of time, have we? Um, the, the I think John made a really key point there in terms of uh, Southampton specifically, but also some of the other teams like Southampton have received. They've sold what James Ward Prowse. They've sold Lavia. They've sold Nathan Teller for like. I mean, I can. I, it's so, I mean, the link with Tom Cannon as well, like they have so much money to spend um, that it is going to be really hard to compete with teams like that for players. I see even, um, it's even the probability, Jim. If you, I mean, yeah. they got, they got, is it Lavia from Man City? Yeah. Two million and flipped him for 62. Yeah. Um, they've made m- money on Lavarento as well. And Ward Prowse yeah. was grown, 35 million homegrown player. So they've exactly. got that flexibility with FFP as well. It doesn't even come exactly. Out. Yeah. So I mean, I think for me, it's like looking at what I'd like is I think we need. I mean, Roos, the Rusin deal um, has been ongoing since before the Stewart one. So um, for, to all intents and purposes, that that he he shouldn't be the replacement for Stewart. There should be somebody else as well, because um, realistically, he he was coming in. I was assuming he was the the Hadji replacement, if you like. So um, presumably. The, the money that's been allocated to him is separate to what's been allocated to what, what we're going to receive from Stuart. But obviously the issue is we don't know, like you said, with what budgets are in place in terms of like how much money of what we receive from Stuart will we be able to spend, what we will, what will we receive now, how much can we pay now and pay back later when we do receive it from Stuart. So, um, and I think that we are just going to, I mean, Tom Cannon would be probably the best from what I've seen of the links in terms of, apparently that Norwich bid for 7 million was, was false. They haven't bid for him, but Southampton are linked with him. So, because um, so, that Norwich bid was apparently 7 million, but apparently that, I saw an Everton uh, account on Twitter say that's definitively not happened. Uh, Norwich haven't bid for him, certainly not for 7 million. So I think, I mean, I would, I would suggest that would be quite a steep fee for him anyway, to be honest. Um, although, obviously, we would be able to, I would like us to pay some money for him or somebody like him. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily suggest seven million would be where we should start. Um, I think it's set in the mid, obviously, is key as well. Um, like John said, we, we are missing someone in the Evans role. Um, it's something that Mowbray's alluded to and has been mentioned at times, but we never seem to be linked with anyone to play there. I don't know. I mean, that, obviously, just because there's no links doesn't mean there isn't irons in the fire, if you like. But um, at the same time, it seems unlikely to me, given how many midfielders we have on the books, if they will be looking to... Although I think they should, whether they'll be prioritising that, I don't know. I think they'll be trying everything they can to try and get as many, you know, one, maybe two strikers in the building at least tomorrow as as, as a main priority. Because it, it, is, it is essentially just negligent to sell Stuart, having spent all the money on his rehab, having... Having knowing his importance to the team to to sell him for a decent amount of money and then not to reinvest that immediately, albeit late as it is, because ultimately um, we can't go into the season in the, in the attacking shape that we are now. Uh, I'd say the the one flip the one sort of not exactly blessing, but it's, but I would say a mitigating factor is we've been without Stuart for so long 
that it's not like we're selling a player who's been banging goals in for us in recent past. So I think there is definitely there is a blueprint there for how we can play without him. And anyone we buy will be an addition rather than like a direct replacement because it's been it's been you know nearly, best part of a year really since he had a run in, since, since he played for us. In what was it January that he got injured, and we're now in September. Well, we're going into September, so not quite a year, but certainly over half a year. And um, yeah, so for me, I think it's it's going to be a case of trying to find somebody who can maybe fit into a different system than the one we played with Stuart. I mean, he's quite an unusual player as it is. So to try and buy someone who plays the game like he did is is probably not what we should do because I can't think of anyone who, who does that. But we can certainly get effective um, mm. oven-ready strikers in the building. Uh, Rusin, I think, looks a, looks a decent addition if it gets done based on from what I've been able to read. Obviously, you never know with players coming from from other leagues, especially not ones as not well documented as the Ukrainian division is now. Obviously, it was quite a strong league before the, the war started, but I think obviously they've lost a lot of the best players from teams there. However, he he did play in that before that as well, and he's played for Ukraine and stuff at the international level, I believe. So uh, I think certainly at youth level anyway. So I think I think he 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 might well have something to offer. Um, I think that and a defensive midfielder probably for me would be the priorities. Uh, another winger would be nice in attack. I don't think we need any more attacking midfielders, but somebody who can play in a number of positions would be good. Uh, but I think it's got to be it's got to be a striker first. Start there and then work backwards. I mean, has we have to get someone in the building who can start the match on Saturday if they're interested yeah. in time. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that that even if Rusin signs tomorrow before before midday, he likelihood is that he's not going to play because he's um he's fractured his pubic bone. Um, <laughs> I mean, how you go about no, doing I that? that I'm not, it's no, it's it's. A, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it seems like quite quite an important bone to break. Um, so so yeah, he'll unless he's got incredible healing powers, he probably won't be involved on Saturday. Um, I know I know you guys have, have mentioned the the need for a ready made striker. It, it's it's very similar, isn't it, Eleanor, to the um to Josh Madge's situation when when he was linked with a. With moving away from the club in 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 2018 19, and I think a lot, a lot of the talk was around getting two players in to replace him. What we ended up with was was Will Brigg. I think a lot of fears around the club, uh, the the fan base at the moment is that if we reinvest that money poorly, we could end up with another Will Grigg situation. I mean, what's yeah? How, how, how do we go about replacing Ross Stewart? <laughs> well. I- I think that our fears have all almost been heightened because we all saw the way the Will Grigg deal went down, didn't we? On Sunland Till I Die, we got God, yeah. to we got to see what an absolute um, how to put that politely mess it was that day, and and how that ended up. So I think that 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 does terrify us all. But if we're gonna it sounds ridiculous because Ahmad came in quite late in the window. We've had players come in late in the window who are great, but it just seems like if we were going to get in someone who's actually going to replace Stuart, would we not have heard something or would there not have been some sort of um, hint to it by now? I, I I just, I think you said before, didn't you, Jim, we've, we've left it too late almost. And at the risk of sounding really negative, is it that we now just try to get someone who can stand in until the end of next summer? Is or not until the end of next? Please don't leave it till the end of next <laughs> summer again. But until the transfer window 
next like at the end of this season is it that we just get someone who can kind of be there because yes we have played without Stuart for a while and yes we did still manage to make the playoffs last season without him and that was great but he did provide us some goals before that point and also the the goals that were put in when Stuart wasn't there were moments of like absolute brilliance from players like Ahmad who we just don't have anymore and we haven't really kind of got any answer to I mean Job seems to be doing really well we've got some players coming in but I haven't really answered your question there Rick because I I don't know how you replace Stuart especially kind of at this point I feel like if we were doing this podcast a couple of months ago and we'd known Stuart was going and I mean we all kind of knew he was going but if we'd really if he was on his way out I feel like there would be a lot more options but like I've even seen people on Twitter like celebrating that Andy Carroll's left Reading today because it's wow. just like Jesus, please let's not go down that road. But bring it, bring him home, kind of. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> what? What? What options do we have? Like John said before, th- there's not many people we know of out there, really, is there? Like the. Unless they find some gem from Ross County again, or unless they pick someone up, I I don't know how we're going to replace him because we've worked on him for what feels like so long and we've really brought him into the team. And they were saying on the second tier pod that he can fit into any system and he works well with kind of any any, um, players. and, And that is great, but we need someone who can also do that. We need someone who's versatile. We need someone who can... Kind of his hold up play, the way he works, it's he is just incredible. And I'd, I, I know, I know we played without him, but I don't think that currently, based on what we have bought in and based on where the team currently stands, I don't think that this team is going to be able to have those moments that we had last year without him. And I, I think they need they need a striker up top. They need someone that they can play it forward to because otherwise we're going yeah. to be left with a lot of the balls going into the box, all of us screaming, there's no one there, why you put... And it, it we're just in that vicious cycle again of, and I don't know how many of you did this, but I felt like there were a lot of times last season, not maybe not, but there were a lot of times where I've been saying if we'd had a striker on the pitch, we would have scored that. Or if we'd had a striker on the pitch, we would have had a better chance of winning that. And I don't want to be stuck in that position again until the end of this season. It's so so bizarre that that we keep coming around to having this conversation. It sounds like we're at the point now that we're probably all of us sick of of talking about the striker situation. But maybe, maybe there's some... You know, maybe there's some supporters now. Of, it's a bit like like some kind of Stockholm syndrome that people have got so used to playing without a striker that this is the way now. And it's mm. obviously, obviously, I've just it's seen. Um, it looks like the fee's eight million. It's just Downey's just tweeted it. Um, right. Someone have accepted a bid, eight million plus two million add-ons. Okay. He's traveling to the south coast of Africa. So eight million is a decent amount of money. Um, How much of that goes to Ross County because they have a well, I believe I believe it's ten, I believe it's ten, I believe it's ten percent, fifteen percent. Oh, 15 percent. So it's probably yeah. just over a million, won't it? So we've still got you know six and a bit there. Um, plus, we should always already have some money because we did sell Lahaji, um, and just generally we should probably have some money somewhere that we can It'd use. Be nice so... to generally have some money. But it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel like it. <laughs> 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we are going to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I can't think of a world in which we don't replace him. Yeah, I know I get laughed at for being positive, overly positive sometimes. <laughs> but at this point, like, I'm not willing to to resign myself to us not signing a striker. For me, the worry is, are they going to be what we need? Um, I think that's a good point. I don't know, I think in terms of do we get someone in as a stopgap for now to at least January, maybe into the summer. We don't. We maybe wouldn't want to spend a load of money on them, but we have we have got options there because we have still got you know Clark, Roberts, Dak, Pritchard, as all of those players. Obviously, as it stands, I know Roberts was linked with with Southampton. I can't see of selling him as well. Same with Clark, I believe. Um, I don't. I don't believe. Sorry, the rumours that he's going to be going to Burnley. I think we're, we're very much not looking to sell either of those players at this time. So I think we do still have some good players there, but they all want a striker to play with because it makes their jobs easier. It makes them more effective players. Um, there are strikers available in the market. I mentioned before. I mentioned again. Tom Cannon, I think, would be a decent signing if we can get him. I think Everton are looking to sell him rather than loan him. So we now have some funds if we were able to maybe convince him to come here. We also seem to have a good relationship with Everton, given we've had the Sims loan and stuff last season and got Joe Anderson from them as well. So potentially that could be somewhere we could explore. I don't know really um, what the major benefit of selling Stuart is, if I'm honest. I mean, personally, I would have kept him at least till January. But I think given the way the club works at the minute, they they really um, do, don't want to lose out on sales in terms of income because I think that is a way they can justify the way they're working as much as anything. Um, I understand the concept of selling players. I know it's necessary, but for me, Stuart's too important of a player to sell, but it looks like he's going. So there's no point in us to, to thinking on those terms. We now just have to move on and think. Yeah, forget about him. He was never here. Well, no, we he, don't not like so him much. anymore. He was never here, but for me, <laughs> move on. I, I'm not big on dwelling on stuff that's happened. So I think we now just have to move on and think, what can we do with this money we've got? Because yeah. um, otherwise... Um, we'll just never enjoy anything will we? if we're always just looking back on what could have been we need to that's how the out. majority of us watch football Jim you're the only one who goes there and enjoys it all the rest well, of I us mean, enjoy it all. to I, not I, enjoy a lot I do, of it I do try to enjoy it if I can. <laughs> uh, but yeah no, I think 8 million is appears to be what it is so we'll see how Ross County when they get that money how much it goes and how it works out but in a way it's kind of cathartic that it's, it's going to happen now so we can all just it's done to all intents and purposes, unless he fails his medical. Although I suppose the medical will take into account his injury, won't it? So hey, you'd hope. tend to do that, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> unless, unless they weren't aware of it. What's this? <laughs> yeah, we put him back if he fails his medical. We're not just leaving yeah, him down there if he fails his medical. Yeah, <laughs> they're not worth the paper they're written on because at the end of the day, the club wants the player. The club will sign him. At the end yeah, of yeah, the yeah, day. yeah. It's exactly. just due it diligence by them. They understand yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think. Um, it makes it interesting. It'll make it interesting on Saturday. Um, I assume we'll be moving on to talk about that at some point. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad it's 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 confirmed. Not that I wanted to go, but at least we can start planning for what comes next. Now. Of course, this this does kind of focus the search for a striker even even greater now. I mean, the the, the search for a striker was was the priority for the club. So should be the priority. I'm, you know, don't any rule anything out with with. With Alexa Christian Speakman, who who famously said we don't play with the number nine. Um as I see see how he's gonna explain his way out of this one. But at the same time as as us now absolutely needing needing to sign a permanent striker, there's also a glut of clubs that now know that we have eight million pounds in our in our back pockets. Obviously not up front, but we now have that that 
Ross at wage off the wage bill and also have a little bit of money to play with. Do you think, John, that might that might affect selling clubs in their valuation of the players that we're going for? Yeah, I mean, there's always the risk, and this is the problem, which which is what I hate with deadline days and having closed transfer windows is it's particularly ones that drift into the season as you can get held to ransom. But I'm not sure that. We, um, I mean, if you look at the financial capability of the um, those kind of aforementioned parachute teams, that they can necessarily think that we're big flexors financially. And I'm sure, seeing Speakman appears to be a man that can talk his way out of a room and no doors, that he would be able to um, use his silver tongue to kind of explain that they've got not got a penny to spare because if they had the money they'd have given they'd have given Stuart the contract he deserved a long time ago but it is always the danger and that's what Wigan took the piss out of us with with the Grig deal getting that over the line um, they just knew that Stuart Donald had, had a set of Netflix cameras in front of him and wanted to make a statement and saw his one good season and thought he would do that and spent daft money on him and but the I'll caveat the point I'm trying to make with I do have confidence in the recruitment that they won't just pay any money for any player. I think if the price isn't right and it's not value, I don't think they will um, go over it. I think there is probably a a relatively strict budget. There seems to obviously be guidelines in place around the age of a player and the profile of a player that they'll spend money on. Um, It's just whether they get um, a bit more creative with the way they do their contracts and maybe they could be generous for one season looking at a player and it seems to be at the moment that we do these three or four year contracts with uh, an optional one year which gives the club excellent flexibility when they're thinking about actually where are they come year three and do we extend it so they're still sellable in late August or January um, and whether they just maybe be a little bit audacious for 12 months and just bring someone in that can do that. My, I think the safe option and what will probably be happening given the stage of the transfer window is we will get a Premier League uh, loan in, um, but that's generally going to be someone on the younger side. So yeah, a Tom Cannon, for example, who, if it was a loan, I think Preston will win that race because he's been to every preseason game they've been to this year. Ryan Lowe went and picked him out when he was playing age group stuff. And that's his kind of, almost like his baby in terms of, uh, so the groundwork's done there. But um, if it's a signing, I can see the fact that obviously Leicester are interested in him as well as other teams that we just won't be able to compete. I really don't. They've shown no, I think there should be money there. I mean, we have, present in Uruguay and um, a, a trust fund billionaire in waiting that an alarm seems to go off every time they open their wallet um, <laughs> so it's like the finances should be there obviously Weatherspoon's already made it quite clear that we can flex and still remain within FFP um, but I think it's just I think it will be some form of loan late on because I don't think, I do think there will be, like you say, because of the club we are, the size we are, fan base, everything like that, that we are vulnerable to a little bit of um, being held to ransom, probably on smaller margins than some of the other clubs. But um, And I don't think they'll bend for that. 
So I do think that we'll get whatever's left. Well, certainly going to be an interesting last last twenty four hours of the of the transfer window. Um, if you just stick with Wise Men Say for for. Well, actually, don't stick with us. We never break anything anyway. We're not a breaking news outlet. We'll react to the news and we'll make sly comments about... Oh, see, like, I thought Matt was down at the airport tonight, like, yeah, checking on uh, all the planes that were coming in. That's why he's not recording tonight, isn't it? Because he's, yeah. he's standing watching who's coming in at Newcastle Airport. He is live tweeting now from Newcastle Airport. But yeah, um, I'm sure we'll we'll discuss the transfer window once it closes in a, in future editions of the Wise Men Save podcast. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're now going to preview uh, the visit of Southampton, um, who are unbeaten in the, uh, in the championship um, since being relegated last season. Um, Guys, what what what's what's what do you make of them thus far? I think from what I've listened to, I haven't watched their games. I've seen highlights. I've listened to various general EFL pods, not top twenty, second tier, etc. Uh, I think they've been very lucky to have been unbeaten so far this season. I don't think they've received yep. that much praise for a lot of their performances. Uh, last minute winners um, they've got in the last two games against Southampton. Sorry, not sorry, not not against QPR, no. but certainly against against Plymouth. And I think I believe there's another one as well. Um uh, Sheffield Wednesday possibly. So um I, I think obviously they're a tough team uh to play with a lot of a lot of money to spend. Um Ross Stewart obviously isn't going to be able to play for them uh, on Saturday. They have various made various other signings I think um but their best player so far this season was Nathan Teller and he's been sold to Leverkusen. Yeah. yeah, so um, I think it'll be a tough game, but I'm, I'm not of the three relegated teams. I'd say these are the ones that these are the one that scare me the least. I think I'd also um, this is more personal than anything, but I have an intense dislike for Russell Martin. So um, I really <laughs> never to, mentioned that before, Jim. I, I refuse to. <laughs> I refuse to get too uh, too excited about anything he ever does. Because uh, it just strikes me as um, a bit of a dip. So I'm going to suggest that um, they're not very good. I'm joking, they are good. But uh, uh, to be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to think that we'll, we'll, we can give a good account of ourselves against them. I think they're very lucky to be in the position they are based on their performances so far. 
obviously Rus- Russell Martin does does love a pass. Um, I think is Swansea pass side. It, yeah. He also loves himself as well. Passing, yeah. his, passing, and himself are the two things that he really seems <laughs> to enjoy the most. Well, in the first game against uh, against Sheffield Wednesday, they broke the championship record for passes in a in in a ninety minute period. I don't know how many it was, but I know he does like to keep hold of the ball, and he's got this kind of idealistic view of the game, but. With with the wealth of resources that he has now with with Southampton, you know they've managed to keep a strong team. Um, you know the 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 the, the players have sold as, as as John said, it's 150 million pounds in in sales. So you've got uh, Ward Prowse to West Ham, um, Tino Livramento, he's he's joined Saudi Arabia, um, and you've got mm-hmm. uh, Romeo Lavia, of course, going for 60 million to, to Chelsea, uh, and Nathan Teller just leaving as well. So. So that's a wealth of talent leaving, but they've still got strength Palace and depth. Too. Yes, yes, he's left as well. So, and they've only made one their two signings or two or three signings. So they've brought in Shea Charles for for ten million from Manchester City. Um, Who bizarrely has played more international games than he has senior games of football yeah. for a club. It's yeah, he's played. He's got, he's got eight, international, <laughs> eight full international caps, ninety minute games for Northern Ireland, and has played. A matter of minutes of senior football. We played 27 minutes at the end of last season to get a medal uh, for Man City <laughs> off That's the bench, crazy. and he's and it's literally whatever he's played this season for Southampton. So it can't be many that have the ability to do that. I mean, the, obviously he's played every age group in Northern Ireland, so he's probably naturally evolved into the senior side. But it's just it's a good start, though. I think I think the, the, the way they keep the ball isn't necessarily a bad thing for us either. Um, we often look better in transition. You know, when we're sort of hitting teams on the break, we've got the speed of Clark Roberts, um, Dan Neal. You know, plays great pass. We've got Echo to drive through midfield. Bellingham seems to, you know, he's quite good at, in, in the counter attack as well. I think um, defensively, we looked a lot better against Cov, who were probably the better team, best team we played anyway of the of the three. Um, and therefore, I'd, I'd say if we can carry on the defensive performance from from last weekend and combine it with some quick counter attacking play, I think there'll be opportunities there for us. Um, from what I've from what I've seen of Southampton, they are massively vulnerable on the counter attack, and like you said, yeah. Jim, I think that plays into our hands. I think they're. Um, I know Russell Martin's obsessed with this possession and passing stats. And sometimes, you know, stats can be massively misleading because if they don't, if you look at Russell Martin's career, he's not had the greatest success. There's been a lot of style and not a lot of of substance, you know. It reminds me a bit of Lee Johnson in that respect as well. Lee Johnson would often be quite highly rated without ever actually having achieved anything uh, and was also quite irritated. So I think him and Russell Martin... Dis you can get being compared to Lee Johnson. <laughs> he is like, the can Lee you Johnson. imagine anything worse? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is, he is part of a crop of of managers that that have come into the game and the the kind of in that phase where they're, they're so desperate to be respected for for creating their own brand of football, and it gets gets to the stage of where where you're now Tony Mowbray, and you don't really. You don't really care about your brand of football. You just want to win no. games. It's maybe a bit unfair, unfair on Tony Mowbray because he does like to have a style of play. But someone like Neil Warren, he doesn't go on about it all the time. No, no, he doesn't go on about it and, and you, you know eulogize like 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 the likes of Russell Martin do, like Nathan Jones and other losers yeah. like that. But 
one 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 less gobshite out of the game now that uh, Lee Johnson's been dismissed from his role. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. And fingers crossed he'll go to Charlton because that'll be exciting. That would be. They pointed I, anyone, yes. Get the band back together. I mean, I said I'd love to be a fly in the wall for the interview process, but I'd, I'd like nothing less, to be honest. Yeah, you could use then, it as like torture, just playing yeah. the interview process over and over him versus met them going back and forth. Oh Christ! There'd be powerpoints and everything, wouldn't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be quite the scene. So, um, so yeah, I mean, South Southampton have, have that they haven't. They haven't brought anyone in, but they've got they've got some decent players, and they they like mm. to play with a, a nice attack. Well, they've brought some loans in, haven't they? Mm. They've brought yeah. Mason Holgate in, which I think is quite a savvy move, um, yeah. and also fits into the way he plays because he likes to play the ball out. Flynn Downs from West Ham, he's quite a good player. He got a lot of game time in the end for West Ham last year. Yeah, he's um, decent, and particularly in Europe, ball, yeah. isn't? Yeah. And obviously Ryan Fraser from uh, down up the road, who's obviously going to score against us. Um, yeah. and Ryan Manning as well they got him on a free didn't they and he played and I'm sure he played under him at Swansea uh, he did yeah he did um, yeah. Um, so. yeah Joe Aribo who famously played for Charlton against us in the League One player, in the play, yeah. League One player final when they went to Rangers he's now at Southampton he's a decent player at the championship level um, but so yeah they've got they've got some fair to say it'll be an easy game but um, I'm not yeah, I, I don't think we need to think, oh, because we've got no chance here. We have to try and and really put a marker down and not let the disappointment of selling Stewart and all that define 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 well, us in this game. Because if you remember, we played Norwich the day after we Alex yeah. left last season and the atmosphere was a bit flat, but actually the team performance was very good. Um, and we were unlucky to lose that game. So I would like to think that maybe um so obviously hopefully tomorrow will go go well in terms of in terms of additions and hope there'll be no more outgoings that well outgoings certainly for, for key players and um yeah I, I just think that we need to go into this game thinking we have the tools to hurt Southampton because I think that we we genuinely do um and we you've got to look as well that. though the gym that like since about January Christmas time last year, Southampton pretty much shipped about, on average, three goals a game in the Prem. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. season already, they're, they're conceding over two goals a game on average, if you include the yeah. League Cup game, which essentially was obviously a, a squad yeah. selection. Four so they all against Norwich it, the other week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, they haven't got a solution to that yet. And it sounds like they're quite vulnerable from conceding straight after they score well, as well. Russell Martin Russell Martin Swansea conceded a lot of goals last season as well so I'm not sure that's yeah. a priority of his so I, I think you're right I think we need to try and capitalise on that so if we can if we can kind of neutralise their threat tomorrow and you know hit, hurt them on the break then you never know I think the, 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 or tomorrow um, sorry it's not Friday is it Saturday then you've got a chance but I don't know we, we, we are obsessed of kind of as a supporter group of maybe putting too much credit on opposition teams and we still have to remember that we're still a bloody good team. Um, yeah. We are just missing those little bits, those those two probably important positions. Um, the bench is getting stronger and there's still a lot of players to come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends. Hope... Sorry, I was just going to say there's the hope as well that if the deadline passes and Danny Barr and Pritchard are still here, which I know is still... There's, there's all the rumours surrounding them and and everything, but there's the hope that we could potentially see Danny Bart starting again. We could potentially see Pritchard more involved. Um, I mean, you don't know about Gooch as well, but like like you're saying there, John, with the plays we've got on the bench and the plays we can potentially bring back into that starting eleven, I think that there is is hope. 
I, I don't think that it's just it's the be all and end all losing Stuart, but I, I think there is hope that we can give them a good game and and definitely try and and run at them because they're they, it who's they play last week was it QPR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. QPR yeah. battered them in that game. I, I yeah, and their captain got injured, them. didn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? Jack Stevens got injured. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um and so he's he's out and he's a defender. So there you go. There's one picked off. Well we absolutely fine there. Just just ping it through there. Um <laughs> so I think that you've just got to kind of, of hope that the team don't take Stuart going too hardly because I think that, that there is the the mental side there but that they just keep their heads up and if we do go one goal down we just keep pushing forward because we have that ability. We do have that talent in that squad. It's just about finding what works for them and yeah, seeing what we can do with it, really. I don't, I don't think you could ever accuse that team of, of ever... I think we've always responded quite well and we've conceded, to be fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, just, and so yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that there's enough in that team, there's enough belief that they can go on. There's good examples of that last year, like West Brom, games like that. So. Yeah, it was just more so this season with some of the young lads. I think there's been times when they've looked, even if it's just for five, ten minutes... When they've when the goal's been conceded, I think there's been times when they've just looked a bit upset and frustrated at themselves, and I think it is it is to do with having young lads on the pitch and just making sure that they do just keep pushing because they are they are doing really well, and and we have got as you said a really good squad, so it's just all about finding those goals, finding what works for us, and if God forbid we don't bring a striker in, finding ways to score goals. Basically, the, it's football. The optimist, the optimist in me thinks that if you're going to sell your main striker, you're going to have a pretty good idea of who you're going to bring in. Because knowing yeah. that, yeah, I think so. with 24 hours left, it's it's not going to be like right. Let's hit the shortlist. Who have we got? You've got you've got to hope <laughs> let's that get, let's get the Rothmans book out and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I may be I may be guilty of giving them a lot more credit, but I'd like to think that they've got something lined up. Um, and if 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 as as, it, as it's been suggested, maybe a stopgap on loan or a short term, you know, short term out of contract player um, who's obviously going to need a lot of time to get up to fitness to get us to January, and then then to use the money that we that we generate from this sale, um, from the sale of of Diaku as well, not Diaku, um, Lehadji, and also Diaku, but uh, to take did that. Did we sell Diaku, or did he go on a free? Oh, sure, I think we might have paid him to go. We got the biggest turn. He's one of the biggest earners there, wasn't he? So it's off the wage bill. Wow. Regardless, wasn't he? Yeah. So hopefully, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be going into January again. Going right, right. We need a striker. You got to hope that in the next twenty four hours, the club have got it in them to 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 do to do that bit of business that needs to be done. Um, and it it it. Is similar. It is similar to the Norwich game in a, in a sense because if we if we do come out of the window with the team that that the fans believe is going to be weaker, that will and especially with the twelve thirty kickoff, the the mood is always going to be a little bit muted. These games are always are always are quieter because they're essentially you know morning football, isn't it? It's, it's always a little quiet, mm-hmm. and it's, that will that will kind of feed off on the players. So. Going into this game, I think a lot of what happens tomorrow will have an effect on on the atmosphere on Saturday. I think. So, with, with that in mind, um, what's your predictions? 
They've well, just, written, heard... just written us off now, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I, I personally think there'll be goals. I think it will be very, very much kind of symbolic of Southampton's season. I think it could be end to end. It would just be, um, I don't know, maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll go for a 2 2, a Desmond. Yeah. I get Eleanor. I'd go for it. I'm going to predict us a win um, just to kind of be positive. Um, so I'm going to say 2-1 to us because they've won three games and all of them have been 2-1. So I'd love to, I just think it'd be quite poetic if that was then flipped and we got 2-1. Plus I like 2-1. It's a nice scoreline. It's, um, I've got to be careful saying nice, but it's a, it's a good scoreline. It's a enjoyable scoreline. So, um, yeah, 2-1. Scorers? I didn't ask John for that, actually. Any, do we, do we have any goal scorers? left oh I'll be <laughs> we're so kind of I don't know it'll be someone I think someone like a uh, Trey Hume or someone will score a goal and maybe um maybe Jack Clark it's because he probably is the one that tries the most to yeah. affect a scoring so I'm gonna go with Dan Ballard I'd I'd love it if he scored because he always seems up for it whenever he's in the box. Um, and Dan Neal would be my other scorer. Well, I'm going to go for a, uh, I'm going to go for two one win, and I'm going to go with two late second half goals from Hemier. Off Ooh. the mark, off the bench, or off the bench. Off no, he's going to come off the bench and he's just going to fire us into into glory. Because it will, it will, it will come good. It's just, it, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very much in the camp that I feel sorry for him. I know yeah, a lot 100%. of people say it's, a lot of people say it's, it is, mindset and maybe application. Uh, in a lot of the cases, I know we've seen seen the touch maps that that, that Chris Weatherspoon's produced uh, for the for the pod, and it doesn't make interest. It doesn't make good reading um, for 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 him, but. But it must be difficult coming There's in. a lot of pressure coming on him. Yeah. And he's been given the number nine shirt. I know we've spoke about the number nine shirt before and, and you've said it on, on other pods as well, John. It it does mean something. If you get given the nine, it does mean something. And it's it, it's perhaps on the back of the a preseason, which wasn't that competitive for him. Um you know, playing against non league USA teams is probably not the best preparation for for a hundred percent all out, you know end-to-end championship season but it's not his it probably wasn't his decision to be given that that number nine shirt yeah and you've just i was just gonna say you've just got to hope that if he gets one he'll get the confidence and that'll you've just got to kind of hope even if it's that cliche isn't it i mean my dad always says it it's like you even hope that one just like bounces in off his ass like just to give him that confidence of all right i don't even think I don't think there's any pressure for him in front of goal. I don't think anyone's probably questioned his ability to finish. It's, it's how he influences games, isn't it? It's how he gets yeah. involved in the game. How he, when, like at Preston, it was a hard watch, but on one of the occasions, he ran he ran across the penalty box and he took two defenders with him, and it was so obvious what he did, and he created so much room. But it's almost like he it's not natural for him. He's not necessarily understand that. Whereas a seasoned striker will be doing those things just instinctively. And, and I think if he can start to influence the games and if we're scoring goals, like he's linking up with the 10, the 10 Dak scoring or the wingers are scoring because he's dragging defenders away, that'll be absolutely fine. I don't think he's got probably got an issue with 
his finishing because he's been he's been putting himself in the right place for his, his headers and pre season and whatever else, regardless of who the opposition is. I don't think that necessarily be a pressure for him to score. I think what fans will want to see is him going there, standing on centre half's toes, putting himself about, splitting those defenders, working them like we're so used to with Ross Stewart, who is a bit a bit of a bad example of Ross Stewart because he he runs way more than your conventional striker. But I think if if he can start influencing games, I think like you're saying uh, once you know once. Once he scores one, I think it, it won't. It, he'll he'll score a few, and it won't be about how many goals he scores. It would, like I say, it'll be how 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 effective he is, and how when you've got Clark, Roberts, Dak, Pritchard, all very good, at, you know, people around him, they're, they're they're all perfectly capable of assisting with goals as well. Well, there we are. Then he's gonna he's gonna be the the savior of the day on Saturday. But yeah, it will come next think, season. Maybe next season. Yeah, but I think he will come good. I, I just, yeah. just you've just got to hope it's sooner rather than later. Unless the club are going to sign Ibrahimovic tomorrow. He's um, he's not match fit though, is he? He's not championship fit at the moment. They're saying that actually, Ibrahimovic. Not, oh right. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the line. Yeah. Um, but um, no. But and we all know it's like if you've played football and you're just not fit, it's horrible. You know, you you just off the pace, and he's just not quite up to that level yet, is he? Yeah. And I walk, I walk up the stairs, and I know I'm not fit. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at that age now, where uh, things like that <laughs> affect me. So yeah, um, we'll be back on. Um, Did on you want to s- do any of the questions? When I was thinking about this, but uh, should, should we rattle through them? Actually, Very before I, yeah, I think we've, yeah, we've, they are a bit. Done... There was one about penguins. Yeah, but then then they went into a really serious question because it's like they, they almost kind of they almost kind of lost faith with with the the silly questions. Um, that's fine. We'll we'll rattle through. They started some of these. typing it, and then they saw that there will be no Matt Keeling, and they thought, yeah. "Oh no, I need to change this." <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a bit. It's unfair of me because I can talk penguins like the like the best of us. So don't don't What's worry your about that. Favorite penguin, Rick. Um, favorite type of the penguin? ones are, the ones in the green packets. So do you think do you think they taste right. slightly different? Do do you put penguins in the fridge? Actual penguin chocolate biscuits. <laughs> well, you have to because they need to be kept cold. They used to be in Antarctica, aren't they? So there you go. depends what the ambient room of your house, ambient temperature of your house is. I oh, I controversially cold. I put chocolate in the freezer. I like chocolate like wow. ridiculously cold. So any chocolate freezer for me. Interesting. It's not. It wasn't the question on here, but I, I, I feel I feel that had had a bit of legs. There's a um, there's a penguin that's like a king of Norway, at Edinburgh Zoo. I've seen that penguin. That's a, that's a decent one. He didn't have a crown though. Oh, terrible then. Oh, real penguin is he called a king? The, the, pen, the penguin enclosure absolutely stinks. Like if you ever don't ever go on a summer day because it's oh, it's, oh, it's horrible. Mm. Um, the question was from Twang Mackham eight two five eight. Um. I hope it's his pin number. Is um the penguins have knees? Uh, I, I'd, I'd imagine they do. Yeah, I don't know because they they need picking up when they fall over, don't they? So I don't know how much. <laughs> but is that not because of the? Is it? Are they, they haven't got opposable fingers and thumbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like with... top heavy as well, aren't they? Yeah. But like turtles have knees, or tortoises have knees, and they still need picking up when they fall over. Bloody heavy so... shell. <laughs> Well, yeah, but like penguins are like top heavy, aren't they? They've only got little legs. Like owls have knees, you just can't see them because they're like hidden under their 
Owls and penguins are quite similar, actually, like in their... Posture. <laughs> yeah, in time, not a science teacher. Like, this is there's nothing. Hmm. So, Alex, um, lots of numbers, has asked us, is the model our biggest problem or is it a lack of funds? Uh, he thinks that, uh, for his money, Speakman has made the right signings but doesn't have the budget to get what we need in the reality of modern football. The fault sits with Kirill Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, I think there's... The thing is, we're not privy to knowing actually what sort of constraints Speakman has to work within. Um, obviously, it's his job as a director of football to negotiate and demand what he needs in order to build that squad. But I do... I do think we're operating with like extreme prudence at the moment. So I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think there's um, this kind of unbroken focus on unearthing young talent and that has become the sole priority mm. um, versus probably, yeah, a, a relatively restrictive budget as we're probably in some sort of year two of some 10-year business model at the moment. Um, which somewhere along that line involves attempting to get back to the Premier League. But we'll see. Maybe pressing like the nuclear button mentioning financial fair play, but or like the checks that new owners have to go through when they buy a club. But do do they take into account the fact that he doesn't have access to those funds straight away? Or is it that just that he can show that he has those funds um available to him at some point? Because usually it's that you're 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 able you can access them at some stage, as, as far as I'm aware. I mean, you do have to, because I know Stuart Donald went through a lot with, um, in terms of having to prove his funds, which was probably probably written on the back of a fag packet or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's just the I mean, point of, does KLD have access to the money, right? Because he, he doesn't have access to it yet, does he? He still has to Well, he bought the club. For significantly less money than Southampton sold Romeo Lavia for. So, you know, you put, put it into context. It's probably not a great deal of money in terms of apparently his £2 billion family wealth. Maybe his mum has to go guarantee her for him. <laughs> it's pretty well, str- was she second? Was she the second richest woman in the world as well, or something daft like that? Yeah, it's so, something like that, isn't it? Behind. Um, mm. Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, another question in from uh, from Stephen Scott. If this model is to be successful, uh, surely we would have better coaches than Mike Dodds and Michael Proctor to bring these kids on. That seems unfair. Yeah, I think that is unfair. I I think there's they there's been a lot of praise for the way they have been coaching, what they've been working with, particularly yeah. the way. They were sort of hung out to dry with the the dismissal of Lee Johnson and having to kind of yeah. keep things together during a really difficult time pre Alex Neil. Um, the general vibe I've got is that they're well liked there, and we don't play uninteresting football. <laughs> we play yeah, and if, if anything, Dodds progressive was, football. Yeah, Dodds was instrumental in in, in yeah, his role in bringing bringing Joe Bellingham to the club. Um, yeah, that that does seem unfair. Obviously, as a I mean, former as a former presenter of the Wise Men Say podcast, we can't really hang out Michael Proctor to dry. <laughs> <laughs> it seems unfair. Yeah, and I think also, how well do we know coaches? You know, yeah. we get to look at footballers on TV at the grounds. We don't necessarily 
get a lot of feedback on coaches, so it's hard to tell. But I don't think they're doing a bad job. I think uh, seems to be well liked by the players. Dodsy started wearing a hat, hasn't he? He's, he's Dodsy to his friends. To every... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dodds has started wearing. <laughs> Call him Michael. Is what kind of hat? Is it just Mike? <laughs> he started wearing just like a cap to every, which I know yeah. doesn't sound. But he's gone full Tony Pulis, has he? Yeah, yeah. like very, for all very similar vibes. If if look out for it on Saturday. This is instead of watching the football, look out for Michael wearing a hat um, <laughs> on, on the touchline. Um, yeah. Well, this is what I thought. I thought maybe oh, he has, but yeah. apparently at the under-21s the other day, he didn't have a cap on. So um, uh, keep, probably keep, not. But, keep an eye out yeah. for that. That could be like the reinvention that he'll suddenly like outgrow the club because he wears a hat and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> God, he's the real deal. Pulis, yeah, going to start exactly. having sunglasses on at every match as well, and just like <laughs> bodyguards around him, and he's just going to get too big for us, and then leave us as everyone inevitably does. White doves just flying around. <laughs> <laughs> so, a final question: um, It's because we've we've had a few about Ross Stewart. I think we've kind of covered in the, yeah. during the conversation. Um, this is from it's Gary. Time to heal now. Well, exactly. I mean, Ross, who I would say, Ross Stewart. Ross who exactly? Um, in light of the Norwich model being quoted previously, I don't think it has, and with another window about a slam shut, uh, which I hate, um, what do we now forecast the aims of something to you... be? I just don't like I just don't like the term Why slam did you shut. this question then? Because it was the last you've one. You've not enjoyed it from the beginning. Oh. But it's, it's an interesting point because uh, he says, we can see the merits in the model, but don't think the club is similar to the likes of Brentford, your Brighton's. Your Southampton's all on the South Coast, uh, or Norwich. Um, I'm not sure what the Norwich model would be. Personally, it would be going up, then coming back down again, and pocketing the money. Um, yeah, I work with a Norwich fan, and he says he says essentially that to the point where he even said, "I would, if we got promoted, I would rather stay in the division and take the parachute money off a side that doesn't get relegated <laughs> as a, okay. from them." And actually try and make a proper fist and build a squad to actually stay up in the Premier League. That's how strongly he feels about it. So I do think they are that kind of archetypal yo-yo team. And yeah. um, I know a guy who hates the Premier League so much that if his side had got promoted, he'd like the opportunity to defend the title for next year. And I think that's it's a lovely way of doing things. Yeah. Just, just and let also, the club go up. The thing is as well, being like out of the Premier League for like what, seven, seven years now, I've kind of become kind of EFL pissed now and you know picking my fantasy side is getting harder and harder as my knowledge of the Premier League diminishes as I'm just yeah. like doing research on you know what's Huddersfield's team when we play them or something like that because we're just so out out of that loop um, in terms of the question I think the difficulty is is that I think it'll be near on impossible to get sixth place like we did last year so it's going to upper mid-table is going to probably without squad be deemed success but it's going to feel like a backward step because we haven't gone as far as we did last season getting to the playoff semis um, but if you, if you look at last season it was a bit of a basket case of the season in the wider basket case of the division where you had the relegated sides not prosper as much but certainly two of them didn't and you know, we made the playoffs with 69 points, which is pretty unheard of. So, and there were a lot of decent teams that properly fell away. 
there's only really Burnley that really got going and they they started terribly. They got into their stride and pretty much signed a whole new team. And it was just a case of waiting for them to gel. So last year was that kind of big opportunity, whether we were ready, if we had gone up by the playoffs to invest, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think I think anything in the top half of the table, oh, it's a bit of a loaded question because we, we need to know what tomorrow looks like come 11 o'clock at night, yeah. what that yeah. side is. Because if we do actually have a, a proven goal scorer come in and we have a, a defensive centre midfield and we get some of those injury play players back and fit and ready to go, then you never know. It, things could really turn for us. Um, but as it currently stands and the current feeling, I, 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 and I'm a bit like, I'm probably a kind of diluted version of Jim. I try and see the positive, always go on the positive end. I, I, I struggle seeing us make the top six with the, with the sides up there, like, you know, Leicester, Southampton, you know, Norwich, um, I mean, Leeds aren't anywhere, but, you know, they're going to be hard. You know, there's just a lot of good sides in there. That's the thing, isn't it? We aren't necessarily, well, we'll see come tomorrow whether we're as strong a side as we were last season. But, and we, we said it in the first reaction pod, I think, of the season, this division is stronger than it was last season. Like, there's 100%. no doubt about that. You look at the teams that have come down, you look at, how people have strengthened during this window and you've got to take that into account. It can't just all be on how are we playing because we, we've got to look around us. Um, I don't think that the model's nest. What was it that the model is the model failing us when it's done well at other places? Was that the question? Um, the previous question was around the model. Yeah. The model yeah. kind of holding us back. Yeah. I think the, the guy's question was around, um, Seeing the merits in, in yes, penguins, mainly. Uh, seeing merits in, in the other models, but reading between the lines of his question, don't think the club is similar to Brentford, Brighton, Southampton, and Norwich. I think what he's hinting at there is, is the expectation. Um, and if a side finishes sixth, you don't expect the next season to be to finish lower than that. Um, yeah. But as, as John said, it, 69 points was a, 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 I think it was a 20 year low points total to, to finish in the in the playoffs. And I think only one side before that had finished with sixty-nine points, um, with less than seventy points basically in the playoffs. So you've got you've already got a difficult job just finishing just breaking even and finishing sixth. That's already a, a difficult job in itself. Um and I don't think I don't think the level of exits that you get at the likes of Brentford, Brighton, Southampton and Norwich, I don't think the fans would really be too happy with selling their best players. It's different at Brighton now because they've they seem to have ascended into this this different plane whatsoever I com- completely. But if Sunderland were creating players just to sell on at a profit, I don't think the fans would be too happy with that. Um, obviously, we'll see how it goes because we're just about to do that. Yeah. <laughs> So wow. it's it's a it's a real test, as Phil Neal would say. Excellent. Yeah. So, well, that, I'm trying to push, we need to finish on the high point. Um, you hope our penguins in the fridge again. In the freezer. No, no, I'm, I'm putting a penguin in the freezer. Do you know what's great? The chocolate the bar. You know, the you know the Aero Mint, like mint bubble chocolate that you get. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
that is brilliant in the freezer you put that in the freezer and it is absolutely fantastic when it comes out i want we went when we went on holiday for like two weeks last year i put one in the freezer before we went forgot about it when we came back and i was incredibly jet lagged and tired one day i was just like oh i really want something sweet went into the freezer for an ice lolly found my aero mint and it was one of the most brilliant moments of my life actually um, like finding a tenner in your jeans pocket it. well yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah it was it was absolutely fantastic so yeah chocolate that, in the freezer that was the happy note i went to end the podcast on so uh so thanks for that eleanor You're welcome, we'll Richard. we'll be back on saturday with uh with reaction to whatever happens against southampton and Stephen and Gareth will be back on Monday with with a bit more of a, an analytical look at the transfer window, um, probably in the wake of Christian Speakman's inevitable Monday afternoon podcast where he where he says we were never in the market for a striker in the first place. We don't play with strikers. We actually we don't actually play with footballers. We play with technicians. In the meantime, thanks very much for listening.